In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole, with its V-shaped stud configuration, is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bowling Branch Sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus 15% off your first order with code ODYSSEY. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Coast to Coast Podcast coming at you here. I'm Joey Powell for InsideCarolina.com. And want to give you a heads up. We actually had a really, really good plan to talk with both uh, Eric Bossy, the uh, National Basketball Director for 24-7, and Travis Branham, the National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7, about UNC's 24 class and some guys they've offered in the 25 class after the first few live periods. We were able to talk with Travis. It was a great segment. Uh, I think you guys will find it really interesting. But I want to give you a heads up. We were planning to do the same thing with Eric to talk to some other members of that class that he saw uh, because he and Travis were splitting duties during the the live periods and they both got to see different players. Unfortunately, uh, Eric had some emergencies come up and was unable to record with us on two different occasions. Um, So we're just going to go ahead and get this into your feeds normally. Hopefully we can talk to Eric Bossy sometime in the very near future. He's done the show with us before. We know he'll be back. Uh, But wanted to give you guys kind of an idea of what we thought the original plan for this show was going to be. Uh, and and hope that you'll understand, you know, things happen, right? Uh, either way, uh, one of the things that I think is, is most important is that we appreciate you guys being here. And also to tell you that Johnny T-Shirt is still sponsoring the show. Even though it didn't go the way we wanted it to go, uh, they are still the reliable sponsors of Inside Carolina and of Coast to Coast Podcast. Check them out on East Franklin Street or johnnytshirt.com. But with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and throw it to the segment that we did record with Travis Branham. Uh, Sean Moran and Sherelle McMillan join me as always, and we talk with Travis Branham uh, quite a bit about, um, to name a few, Drake Powell, Elliot Cadeau, uh, Isaiah Harwell, Darren Peterson, and, and just kind of some overall thoughts that he had in seeing these guys play in the first two live periods. I think you're going to enjoy it, specifically what he was saying about uh, Drake Powell and Elliot Cadeau, so I uh, hope you enjoy it. Until next time, we'll be back on the next scheduled episode of the coast to coast podcast we appreciate you guys listening if you have not make sure you subscribe and rate and review us we appreciate all that stuff for you but special shout out to you for being here and to john siegley for producing hope you enjoyed this segment we did sean moran Cheryl mcmillan yours truly and travis branham What's up, everybody? Coast to Coast Podcast coming at you. Special edition. If you know anything about these, you know it's a big deal if we bring a guest in. And uh, props to Sherelle for setting this up. We've got National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. Our friends, we're part of the 24-7 Network. So whenever we get to talk to one of their uh, one of their their brainiacs that sees all of the action and knows how to break down uh, you know, a, a high school player's game, we want to do it. And shout out to Sherelle for bringing on our guy, Travis Branham. Travis, how you living, dude? I'm living well. 
trying to just come down from the fatigue of uh, the, the April live periods and Final Four and everything else, but doing well, man. Well, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you is because you've laid eyes on a lot of prospects, both committed and otherwise, that are in UNC's orbit right now over the last couple of weekends. And uh, first things first, I'm going to go straight to the, I guess, uh, straight for the jugular here. Um, who did you see from UNC's committed class of 24 that jumped out at you the most? And then I'll dive into, you know, Cheryl and I will work into each individual prospect here in a second. But I want to who jumped out at you the most or at least made the biggest improvement from the last time you saw them? Uh, the biggest improvement's not even close. And I don't even mean it from a North Carolina perspective, but honestly, potentially from an entire national perspective. And that's Drake Powell. Um, for those that have been on the inside Carolina boards, I've been coming in on there for about the last four or five months talking about Drake Powell. I saw him at John Wall Invitational uh, back in December. And man, did he improve in, in just a six, seventh month span? Um, elite athlete, absolutely elite athlete. And he plays with an incredibly high motor. Um, elite defender, elite, elite defender. I mean, I, it's one of those guys that every time I see him on that end of the court, he just impresses me with how engaged and how hard he's playing and just how reactive he is to plays both on and off the ball. Um, and then offensively, he's made incredible strides. Uh, go back when I first saw him a year ago at John Wall Invitational, but back in 2020, I guess that was 2021. Offensively, didn't really know what he did. Me and Sherelle, I remember t uh, talking about it after, um, I guess, that week, what, what I saw when it, it was one of those guys that we were like, this could be a potential North Carolina prospect. Um, but at that time, straight line driver, um, not a very good shooter at all from three. Um, but in that time since then, now, honestly, I have a hard time calling him a, a below average shooter at this point. He is streaky, no doubt about that. Um, but in front of me, at least at EYBL last weekend in the first live period, he had three threes, including a step back. Um, he's changing direction. He's a very smart and willing passer. Um, ball never sticks in his hand. So not only just from a North Carolina basketball perspective, but across the entire country, Drake Powell um, has skyrocketed, at least up my personal board. And I know on 2470, skyrocketed up into the top 20. Um, and I believe we have him as a five-star. I mean, I would have to go back and look, but I think we got him as a five-star now. Um, but after that viewing at the UIBL, I'm not only more confident in it, but um, when I saw him at John Wall, I thought, hey, this could be a top 10, a top 10 pick. Uh, but it's one of those things you got to be a little cautious. You don't want to jump the gun too quick. Um, but seeing him at UIBL, just, it only reassured me of that. Yeah, Travis uh, Travis Branham from 24-7 Sports is joining us tonight. Travis got a chance to lay eyes on a lot of the guys at the EYBL circuit, um, specifically, as he mentioned earlier, Drake Powell. I think one of the big things about Drake, Travis, is that he plays on a team where up until this year he really wasn't an option, right? He was kind of a kind of a third guy, and Shrill's talked about it before, in that you know CP3, he didn't really have to do much. He was, he was kind of a, a, a Swiss Army knife type player. When a guy grows into himself and seems to start finding new levels for his his skill set, and in Drake's case, you know, becoming a shooter, does he look comfortable doing it, or does it look like something like that that maybe he's just he's not quite into? And you know, is it something that he looks like he's been doing this his whole career? 
Uh, I wouldn't say it looks like he's been doing it his whole career because it's still a learning curve, but he looks very comfortable and confident shooting the basketball right now. Uh, I actually believe Sherell was on the same court as I was when we when I watched him at EYBL. Um, and, I mean, the, the shot that really stood out to me was that step back again. It wasn't even him doing it off the dribble. Um, I believe, if I can remember correctly, it was a transition play. A uh, guy drove it into the paint, kicked it back to him, and all in one motion, he catches while he's pulling back, clears easy five, six feet of separation, two feet beyond the three-point line, and just rises. No hesitation, no thought about it, and drains it. Um, so it's that kind of stuff. And you can tell he's looking a lot more comfortable off one, two dribble pull-ups. Um, so the mechanically and, and the touch, it's coming along. And that's where I come from of, um, it doesn't look like this has been a lifelong thing. There's just some players out there. Um, uh, another Carolina native, native, Austin Schwartz, you watch him shoot the basketball, and that is a natural just gift that he has. Not many people have that touch. It just comes off so clean and so pure. Uh, Junie Mobley, kid who's committed to Ohio State, uh, just two guys that just jump off the page when it comes out of their hands. So like, these guys were born to shoot the basketball. Drake Powell's not one of those, but he is absolutely learning to shoot the basketball. Uh, the guy who's kind of similar in, in that regard is a Jalen Brown with the Celtics. Never a good shooter coming up through high school. Uh, wasn't a good shooter at Cal, but look at him now. He's turned into a, 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 tr a real shot maker for the Celtics now. So obviously in the recruiting world and in fans, uh, it's always what's next. It's like, cool, Drake Powell is top 20. Well, you know, what's next for him? So um, in what areas as you start, I guess the higher players ranked, the more you kind of have to nitpick to find things. What's the next step for him um, in his development? Still continuing to develop that jump shot. Uh, but the one thing that I particularly really appreciate about Drake, uh, and it goes to what you were saying that Sherelle has been pointing out, he's a Swiss Army knife. Uh, he's going to impact the game in any way he possibly can. And there's an awareness and a security about him where shots not falling. If I'm not scoring, I don't care. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> uh, but he does. it doesn't bother him. He's going – if the shot's not falling, he is going to impact the game any other way he possibly can. Again, he's a very good passer. I don't know if he gets appreciated enough for that. Uh, and then defensively, every time down the court – he is absolutely bringing it. Uh, so his ability to keep guys in front and also just to react. Uh, I got to watch him play Carter Bryant, six foot eight, six foot nine, extremely talented forward who can uh, really make shots both off the catch and pull. That's what he does best. And uh, or, uh, I, I, Carter would drive him to the rim and just stop on a dime and rise up. And again, he has a high release, clean release. And by the time he's at the top of his jumper, Drake has already stopped and popped up and, and has a great contest on him and just really held him uh, to limited points. So um, just stuff like that. He, he's going to impact game in every single way. So next step in development is the jump shot. But I, if, if I see the shot not falling, and I've seen it plenty of times, and uh, it, I wasn't at the YBL the second session, but I was following along with it, and it looked like that shot wasn't falling. But, again, I'm – keeping in touch with people who are watching them. And same thing. Everybody's just raving about the defensive ability. I want to real quick before we move on, not to get too technical, but one thing I've noticed, and obviously I'm not a professional scout or anything, but 
it seems like his jumper is like all legs because it, I, I described it to Joe. It was like, he's on a trampoline and he gets so high that when he lands, you know, usually you say you want to land in the same spot you jumped from to maintain, you know, your mechanics and everything, but he gets so high. It's like, he has to brace himself back onto the ground. Just wanted to see if you noticed that and, and what, how that can impact, you know, the development of the shot. I wouldn't say I've necessarily noticed it with him mechanically, but just a trend in terms of elite athletes every year uh you can watch them in the nba all the way down the grassroots and we see it all the time elite athletes just have a hard time shooting the basketball because of that very reason they just get so much pop off the ground it's hard to kind of control which is kind of weird to say because they're freak athletes freak athletes they should be able to control their bodies and all that stuff but on those subtle movements and especially when it comes to controlling for uh, your balance and everything when it comes to uh, shooting a, a three-pointer. Um, a lot of them struggle. They're historically at least streaky shooters. Very few are, are true certified uh, high-level shooters. So um, haven't necessarily noticed it with him, but, I mean, again, elite athlete, very, he's just kind of like a rubber band out there. I mean, he's just so quick and so much pop off the ground um, that, yeah, I mean, haven't noticed it with him, but just historically I very much knows that with other players we've got travis branham national recruiting analyst for 24 7 sports joining us uh he had his fill of watching some hoops during both of the early live periods of, of this uh this segment of the year travis is also a great guest because he uh he got the memo about quarter zips tonight and also i want to point yeah. out that he's wearing an inside carolina colored peter millar quarter zip if my eyes are, are not deceiving me so uh shout out to you for nailing that sir um so let's move on to another commit for UNC right now. And, and you know, the question still is, is he going to come in into 20? Is he going to move into the 23 class? Or is he going to stay in 24? It's Elliot Cadeau. And I know you've seen him multiple times. I feel like the highlight reel, you know, Jason Kidd, uh, Kendall Marshall type passing ability is what's jumping off of the video for a lot of folks from Elliot Cadeau and, and what we've seen from these live periods. But I'm also seeing a guy that's really comfortable taking it to the rack when he wants to. What's been your take on his um, offensive evolution and how do you think that might translate to the next level whenever he gets there? Yeah, I hadn't seen Elliot Cano all senior season. I didn't get a chance to see him at length. Um, so it had been about a year. And what immediately popped off to me was just how quick and explosive of a first step he has. He is so shifty. He changes gears and speeds and directions so fluidly, so quickly keeps everybody off balance. Um, and when you couple that with how dynamic he is as a ball handler, um, he keeps guys guessing and, and always keeps them guessing wrong. Um, so he's just able to get wherever he wants on the court, elite feel out of ball screens. Um, the To answer your first question, like if, if somebody jumped off, like you're asking who's the certified best player right now coming into college, uh, it would absolutely be him. He can – I, I told our team this. He could go start a game for North Carolina tomorrow. I wouldn't have any reservations about that. Um, he is just so heady, um, so skilled, elite vision, elite passer, uh, sets the table for everybody around him. Um, and then also he's, he's improving as a shooter. Um, still got a, a ways to go, partially due to shot selection, but – He's able to create separation, rise up, and, and and create from all three levels. But one thing I appreciate about him is just kind of like a a lost art, or it's the old way, I guess. Is he's just a pass first guard. You don't see it often. 
um, anymore. So very much appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, as high of a floor as they come in this class in, in terms of projecting for the collegiate level and especially for immediate impact the year ahead. That's high praise for the number of prospects that you lay eyes on on an annual basis. I want to ask, I think one of the things a lot of North Carolina fans, specifically our subscribers at Inside Carolina, are asking about is how he will mesh with elite-level talent around him. And I think, you know, UNC's talent on the roster last year uh, vacillated quite a bit, but I don't think there's any doubt that he's got a rock-solid, you know, All-American caliber post player in Armando Baycott coming back if he decides to reclass. Um, and if he decides to come in with his 24 class and he ends up next to a guy like R.J. Davis, who may still be in Chapel Hill either way, do you see him being able to play uh, on the ball with someone else like an R.J. Davis? And will Cadeau be better with better scorers and shooters around him? Absolutely. Uh, I don't have any reservations with him fitting along with anybody. He's the type of guy that um, kind of he's so smart and like he's going to know his personnel around him. And he is going to try to figure out how to put them in spots and in situations that's going to make them better. Um, so you don't have to worry about how is he going to fit. No, it's like he's going to just figure out who else is around him. You give the ball in his hands and he'll let him figure it out. Let him put them in the positions and find them in the right spots. Um, so when it comes to R.J. Davis, like if he were to come in or R.J. is still there for his senior year, I have no issue about it. I would just personally find, find Hubert Davis I, I would want Elliot Cadeau on the ball 100%. Let R.J. Davis do what he does, and that's score the basketball. Uh, R.J. has long been wired to do that, so let's let him do that and let Elliot set the table for him. Um, so if, if even without it, Armando Baycott or anybody else, I, I really don't have any reservations with him. You having to find the right pairing alongside him, he's just going to figure it out, and he's going to elevate whoever it is around him. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast so i'm a father of what i gotta find a babysitter i found care.com and i was blown away through the platform i was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates which were way more affordable than i anticipated care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check 
if you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. So Travis, my question is, it's more of a scenario. You are in charge of basketball and guys do what you say. So they commit where you want them to commit and, and you, you just have the juice and everybody does what you say. Can you make a case short, you know, briefly for why it's good for Elliot Cadeau to come in 2023 and why it also would be good for him to go in 2024? Like make a case for both of them. Reason it would be uh, good for him to stay in 2023, frankly, or go not stay in 23 to go in 2023. Like I said, he has the highest floor of anybody, probably aside from Dylan Harper, probably the highest floor in terms of projecting for next year. Like if you were to reclassify either of them, they're going to start next year, play 30 minutes game, put up numbers. You have no reservations um, to that point. I don't know if he's going to get any better in high school. He's dominating every single game he goes out, averaging 11 assists on the EYBL circuit. What else does he need to do? I mean, he can improve his jumper, but, I mean, you can start working on that next year. The game comes so slow to him at this point. What's the purpose uh, of playing another year of high school basketball? You can make that jump. Um, so, And also, he's old for the class. He's ready. Physically, everything, he is ready to make that jump. Um why should he stay in 2024? Frankly, it would only be roster personnel with this North Carolina team at this point. They've added a lot in the portal. You got RJ Davis coming back. Where does he fit into all that? Have I don't know this personally. So the question is, has Hubert Davis told RJ Davis? You Hubert, yeah. Has he told him, are you going to be running this? You're going to be running this team next year. You are my point guard. Has he told him that? So if you do that, can you bring uh, – if, if he's done that, then I don't see how you can bring Elliot Cadeau because you bring in Elliot Cadeau and you're trying to keep him on the bench, he's going to have a – you're going to have a really hard time uh, uh, keeping him on the bench and practice every single day because I just – he's going to be the best point guard from day one if you were to come to North Carolina uh, anytime where uh, uh, R.J. Davis is. So – that to say, if he's promised R.J. Davis, you're going to be my point guard, I don't see how you can bring Elliot Cadeau because he's just going to win that position at the end of the day. That's just such a stark change from what I think college basketball fans, uh, even in the modern era, are used to, You know, especially like uh, kids like at North Carolina. It's just so rare for guys to come in at the point guard position and click. But again, mm -hmm. you've seen this kid, you've seen a lot of kids, and that the high praise that you're laying on him uh, is not to be taken with a grain of salt, at least, at least for me. Let's move on to some of the 25 guys that currently hold offers from Hubert Davis and his staff. Uh, Isaiah Harwell, he's one that's been offered for quite some time. What did you see out of him in these first two live periods? And just where do you think he, he fits or where do you think he projects uh, with regard to, you know, a potential fit in North Carolina? Yeah, so I actually got to watch him this past weekend. Uh, if I can remember correctly, Brad, Brad, Brad Frederick and Sean May were both on the court. Uh, at the same time, they were watching him uh, in multiple games this past weekend. Um, as a player, six foot five shot maker. It's all he wants to do is hunt jump shots. Uh, it's a good thing because he's such a polished shot maker, uh, but it's also a bad thing because he has a tendency to sell for tough, tough uh, jump shots. You want to see it because he's six foot five, every bit of 195 pounds probably. He's got a great body, great frame. He's good athlete. Uh, so playing uh, at the high school level, you want to see him kind of be a bit more aggressive, a bit more physical and getting to the rim. But at the end of the day, 
talking about six foot five, very skilled, uh, high IQ, uh, instinctive shot maker on the wing. So uh, how would he fit in North Carolina? I mean, doing just that. He's, he's a guy that can get really hot and put in pour in points uh, if that shot's falling. Um, and if it's not, I mean, at the end of the day, you got a guy that's spotting up coming off screens on the perimeter and space on the floor for you. So everybody else can kind of go into the paint and whatever else. And he's going to be able to make the open shots. Um, and again, with that tendency to hit the tough shots, that's where that streakiness kind of comes into play. If that shot's falling, he's going to be hot. And, and uh, if it's not, you're just going to have to kind of allow him to space out off the floor and kind of have him hone in on just taking easy catch and shoot threes. And just as a reminder, that's Isaiah Harwell, 2025 uh, guard. He's actually from Idaho. We then looked it up. I think he's there's been one player uh, in North Carolina history on scholarship to play to be from Idaho. I think it was like in the 40s or something. So, were he to eventually commit and enroll at UNC, would be something very very rare. Um, so, Travis, I just have one more question about a recruit. Obviously, uh, Darren Peterson is a name that's been really hot the last couple of weeks. Um, had some tremendous performances. We were getting texts from people in the building last week just about how dominant he is. And I guess that's kind of my question. Like, how how good is he and, and how good can he be? Because for so long, the 2025 class, you kind of talked about that that top three and then there was a drop off. But it seems like he could elevate himself into that conversation. Which player? Sorry. Uh, uh, Darren Peterson. Darren Peterson, yes. I mean, it's hard to gauge because what's so frustrating about the top three or let's say the top two right now, and then you include Darren Peterson, in my opinion, you're looking at he's the number three or four prospect, in my opinion. And him, Cameron Boozer, and Cooper Flagg all play under 16s. It is so frustrating. None of them have any business playing at the under 16 level at this point. They are so unbelievably dominant, so advanced. For that age group, it's silly to be playing at that level. I mean, Darren Peterson had 46 to one game this week, and the night before he had like 37. Like, what are we doing here? You're not – at that point, you're not getting any better. These kids, I do get it. They want to play with their friends. Cooper Flag, that's all his boys from Maine. Darren Peterson, these are all his boys he grew up with. Cameron Boozer, it's all his guys. And, and uh, his high school coach even, that's coaching that AAU team. So they have all these strong connections, but it's like – when you're scoring 27 points a game and literally shooting 78% from the field, time for you to take it, take it up a notch. Um, so Darren Peterson, yes, dominant, extremely impressive as physically gifted uh, of a 16 year old prospect, uh, especially when you couple with how advanced he is with the skill set. Um, extremely impressive, dynamic, creating off the dribble, makes shots from all three levels creates he's a good and talented passer obviously he is much more wired to score than he has to create but it's definitely in there in him that you can kind of continue to draw out um so to me darren peterson top three top four prospect as as of this moment i think another guy that could we could see climb into that with him is caleb wilson out of uh, atlanta georgia um he is going to be a guy that is going to pop off, I think, uh, as the spring and summer continue to roll on. He turned a lot of heads at the first CYBL session. Um, he has made a massive jump in his development himself. Uh, so as this summer goes, I could see him uh, kind of climbing into that conversation with Darren Peterson. Yeah, that that uh, Drake-Caleb Wilson game, uh, this was the Saturday morning. 
AWBL. That was fun to watch because, again, two really, you know, good players, one dynamic athlete, one still coming into his own, kind of like a, a deer out there, a little baby deer, just so tall and lanky, um, hitting incredible shots. Uh, that was definitely a fun watch. Yeah, we like to use the term Clydesdale on roller skates here. We're talking about guys that are growing into themselves. And Travis, when you're talking about, you know, guys that have elite skills at 16 years old, clearly you don't remember seeing Sherelle spitting at the Cross Creek Mall parking lot when he was a sophomore in high school because I, I, I've seen that with my own eyes. I knew how that works. Um, last question before we let you get out of here. We're talking with Travis Branham, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. Uh, Cheryl wanted to hit you up with just some stuff about the portal, and and I know you guys have done a lot of deep dives in that on your pod. So, um, Cheryl, I'll let you have the last one, man. Yeah, it's it's more of a general question, and you can keep it brief because I know you could probably go on for 30 or 35 minutes. But, like, just in the simplest terms, explain how wild the portal is and how different it has made what you do. Um, especially, you know, after the Final Four and during this time period from what it used to be, you know, four or five years ago? Um, yeah, it's definitely a crazy place. Uh, it's very hard to keep up with. Everything happens extremely, extremely fast. So you're always on your toes. You're working all day, every day. Um, it, I mean, the, basically the rumors and uh, the stories you hear, I mean, most of them are, I would say, pretty close to accurate. The NIL deals um the alignment of destinations before you ever hit the portal that's extremely common um i was was talking to a coach uh just last weekend and they're like um talking about uh, if i don't know that if if basically uh if i have to ask about a player in the portal i'm not going to be getting him because if that if that deal's not done already i have no shot because it's done elsewhere um so i mean that's basically the way this thing operates um the one thing that i think is uh what's going to need to be addressed more than anything is with this all this nil stuff so much power um is held into people's hands that shouldn't be having the power of calling schools hey uh you want in on this kid, it's going to be this amount of NIL money. You know how it goes. Um, and that shouldn't be the case. I think um, this is a conversation probably for another day, but something I keep talking about with a bunch of coaches um, and just people in the within the industry is I think this is going to have to go towards a way where this stuff is actually written in the paper. Like we got to have the paper trail. We got to be able to uh, be able to actually see and control the market a little bit. Uh, a little bit better you're because right now you just got people lying literally just calling and saying hey you can pay for this school's offering this amount of money and that's just not true uh but it's up to the other school to kind of counter and it's just an inflated market um also puts protection on the players um and uh, so uh they're put some contracts onto the table for these guys sign them to two-year deals um protects the player protects the coach also puts pressure on the coach if i sign a kid to a three hundred thousand dollar deal uh he doesn't perform necessarily in year one i got him for a second year and i got to pay him that money regardless now the pressure's on me to develop him and also at the beginning of the stage it's the pressure's on me to evaluate properly right now there's not much value on on properly evaluating guys you take a bad player in the portal you just shove them right back in the next year so um we've seen Gosh, I would have to go in and, and look at my look at the transfer uh, list, but I mean, there's 
hundreds of players who have already transferred and they're back into that portal. So um, there's a lot of problems with it. It's a just an absolute chaotic situation going on in there and every single situation is different. Um, and that's not to say every situation is bad. There's obviously a lot of kids who needed new fresh starts um, or the opportunity wasn't there and it's good for them to drop down a level. We see that all the time of kids who are getting recruited by high majors and frankly, they should have gone mid-major all along, but um, there's a lot of good to it. There really is. Um, but there's also just, um, just a lot of chaos with it. And I think you can bring some, a little bit more order that's going to be beneficial for the players and the coaches, everybody involved. So players aren't being promised a certain amount of money. They get to a school and that money's not there. That shouldn't be happening. That's just wrong. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, it's just a hodgepodge, and that's why my answer is a hodgepodge. No worries. I, I just looking at your face. I admire your uh, candor as well as your restraint. It seemed like <laughs> you you wanted to go a little bit farther, but you also gave us enough that I, I think our our audience will appreciate. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Always enjoy coming on, and I actually thank. You have a good eye. I actually remember. I think I wore this the last time. So I was I was going to give the credit to Bossy. No, I was going to give the credit <laughs> to Bossy. But I just respect you tipping the cap to our listeners and our viewers because, uh, again, you know, it's it's we appreciate you uh, appreciate you heeding the the dress memo when you jump on the on the show tonight. Yeah, of so of course, man. Travis Branham, yeah. national recruiting analyst for twenty four seven Sports. Uh, Travis, where where are we talking to you from? Where where are you at right now? I'm home right now. I'm uh, finally made it back. Uh, and I'll Where's be home for you? For Lexington, Kentucky. Okay, that's so. right. I, I always bosses in Kansas. You're in Kentucky. We're in we're in North Carolina. So we've got the blue blood, the blue blood corners of the earth covered. All right, brother, exactly. get some rest. We'll talk to you next time, or at least sometime in the very near future. We appreciate you making time for us here on the Coast to Coast podcast on InsideCarolina.com. Thanks, guys. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.